I would say for parents whose kids are dyslexic, like you hit the mother load because <laughs> your kid is going to grand slam it out of the park. Like 99.9% from my experience, people that are dyslexic wind up being super, super successful. So we are going to get a little personal on Noah's story growing up. We are going to talk about dyslexia. And the reason why we wanted to talk about this episode and talk about dyslexia is to bring awareness of dyslexia and also to provide comfort to parents who may find out my child has dyslexia and maybe they're worried about their future and what's going to happen. And we want to put those fears to rest because We've done a lot of research on dyslexia, especially Noah, and there's a lot of successful people in the world who have come from dyslexia and have overcame it and have be gone on to become successful people. And so that's why we really want to touch on the topic of dyslexia today to provide that kind of comfort and resources and just share Noah's story and how he went through that and how he became who he is today. So with that... We're going to well, start with Noah. All right. All right. Very so wonderful. To start with, I would love you to share. You would love me to share. I would love you to share how you first found out that you had dyslexia and what that felt like in your family. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if I can remember that, but maybe, I guess. Do I was you know probably how far in um, I was probably in like second grade, maybe third grade. I can remember going and doing like some testing at school like I hated reading. I still hate reading to this day. And I'm 30, going to be 34. And it's just like sometimes when I'm sitting in things like this, like, oh, squirrel, they're on a semi-truck. Like, that's what it would be like when I was in school. would be like, I got to get out of here. So I was probably in like third grade. I think my mom like started taking me to like get some testing done and try to read or whatever. And then I would just get frustrated and stuff. But so I think it was probably then second, third grade, maybe fourth. I don't know. And then I started um, going to tutor off and on. And like to help me to like learn to read and how did you know that you didn't know how to read or what was well, I guess like? I didn't know I didn't know I was like in the now you know it was me mm -hmm. like I, I didn't know that I didn't know how to read I just like when it would come time to like oh let's read a book or you know in something in school I would just be like let's not let's go outside and play or let's do something else like I, I couldn't handle like trying to read the book. Can you tell so, us? So I guess it would be like it? like what is this? So like dyslexia is is different. There's like different levels of dyslexia, you know. So like I would say for parents whose kids are dyslexic, like you hit the mother load because <laughs> your kid is going to grand slam it out of the park. Like 99.9% .9 from my experience, people that are dyslexic wind up being super, super successful. Just off the top of my head, Albert Einstein. Uh, Robert Herjavec, I think, was like lots Barbara of Barbara Kokorin. Barbara Kokorin, Becky's idol, one of them. Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Oprah Winfrey. Uh, <laughs> what's the other Shark Tank guy's name? Um, O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary. He said to learn how to read, he had to read the book upside down, backwards in a mirror. That's how he learned how to read. Like, so Tom Cruise, like super famous people are dyslexic. So to me, I don't like, how do I explain dyslexia? I guess it was just like, 
different people, like some people can't read or you'll like, you'll read words backwards or the numbers backwards. A lot of times it, the majority of people tied dyslexia to like, oh, you're dyslexic, haha, you read that word backwards. Like if it's 57, you read 75 or something like that. But mine wasn't really numbers related. It was probably like reading. I just really struggled reading. I The words were jumbled. Yeah, and I hated reading and I just, I didn't like it. If I had to like read out loud in class. I, it didn't go good. So that would be kind of like, not so much embarrassing for me, but it would just be frustrating and I'd be mad. And, um, so I started going to tutor more and more as I got older. Probably to the tune of like two times a week, maybe three times a week between, you know, as I grew up different places like Janesville or Madison and to get tutors to help me learn how to read. I still don't like to read to this day. Like I have Becky read me books when we're driving on road trips because then I can just, I can digest things a lot better mm-hmm. listening to them or like watching them. I, I, if I had to read a book, I probably wouldn't even know what the front cover said when I read the whole book through. I wouldn't retain any of it. But if somebody was to read it to me or if I listened to it on an audio or if I saw, like, I'm super visual. Like, I'm not guaranteeing that I have a photographic memory, but it's really close. Like, one time, we were in Canada on a fishing trip, and it was a $100 bet that I could get us an hour down the river through all these chain of lakes to this spot where we caught walleyes before the day before. And they took the GPSs out of the boat, and I made it there by myself. And I had n- nothing on me, and they all followed me. So I'm really good at, like, landmarks, visualizations, remembering numbers remembering photos of things or like picturing things in my mind so I'm really good at that so do you think that is a typical habit or a typical characteristic of people with dyslexia I I would say so probably they can retain things a lot better through visual and audio I would say Mm -hmm. in, in my assumption I guess and from what I know I mean it was it was rough in that aspect as far as like going to tutor all the time and but I I don't know that any of my friends really knew that I was dyslexic I I don't really think they did. I never told any of them. I, I just never told them that or that I went to tutor or anything like that. I just did it mostly because my mom would bribe me like, if you go to tutor today and you do really good, we can go get some chili cheese dogs afterwards. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to read this page today so I can have chili cheese dogs afterwards. So I think that was awesome. And sometimes my dad would take me, but most of the time my dad would stay home with my sister. I had a younger sister. So my mom would take me. And, uh, and then we would either go get hot chocolate afterwards or chili cheese dog, or as I got older, then we would go out to eat somewhere on the way home, you know, when I was in middle school towards high school. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to get that time. It was, it was kind of fun. It was mm-hmm. like, Oh, we're going to go to tutor tonight. Awesome. Like it made it exciting. Cause I knew we were going to get to go out to eat afterwards or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think it made it more special, made it more fun. Yeah. So we talked about some famous people who are dyslexic. Yeah. We're dyslexic. Do you ever not become, like, do you ever grow so. out of dyslexia or do you always have it? No, I think it's it's something you have for life. I, through my knowledge, I guess, that you have it forever. God, I hope so. I don't want to mm-hmm. lose the edge. <laughs> it's a, it's so, an advantage. Um, in saying that it's an advantage, very, why is it? Why is it an advantage? So for me, Why like, do you think it made those people successful? I, I think dyslexia makes you, I think it makes you more focused on the things that you're passionate about. So like school hated school. So I'd always want to be outside because I'd love to be outside working or hunting or, you know, as a kid, even just playing in the dirt, playing with my friends. So I would always be like, get me out of this place. Like they're not teaching me anything I need to know. I need to get out. I need to get outside and do something, you know? And uh, I feel like it makes you more focused. Like, and through what I've read or like that you've read to me, I haven't read, but Becky's read to me. Like it, it gives you like a drive to focus on that particular Passion. Passion item thing, project, like 10,000 times more than like anybody else would. 
it was such a struggle to like learn growing up that it makes it like a lot easier to like have struggles in business. It's like, Oh, this is not a big deal. This is nothing like sitting in fourth grade school, you know, or something. Like that. And it's having, like, and being called on to read. Yeah. They didn't call on me to read after the, like a little while. Then they got, after they, they got the gist. Yeah. They'll leave me alone. And like, like I think obviously the school, like just don't call on Noah to read, you know, kind of thing. But you yeah. think that it forced you to come up with, you knew that traditional learning wasn't I your knew, thing. Hands-on learning was more of your thing. I knew very young that I, absolutely dreaded being inside four walls dreaded it i needed to be outside i needed to be doing stuff with my hands nature and numbers tearing things apart oh math was a breeze for me i would just sit in math class and i would just ace everything because i I only did the math that i had to do i wasn't going to college so i i didn't do any like the accelerated math but then it would be to a point when math where like i remember our my teacher he'd just be like, you just sit back there in the back and just, just shut up, you know, like, because <laughs> I would just be like joking and cracking jokes and just being like, come on, let's get on to the next math came dry easy. erase thing. And then, and then I remember one time he, he was a new teacher and I actually the fast forward to now he does, a, he has a lawn mowing company and he's still a teacher and he does <laughs> lawn mowing of our properties. Just love the guy to death. So yeah. he's awesome. But like, he'd be like, okay, smart Alec, get up here and teach the kids then or whatever. So then everybody would think that would be kind of funny. So um, but yeah, so English, not, not so much, you know, I just sit in the back and be quiet. And most of the time, to be honest with you, I'd find a way to creatively do really good on tests by sitting by the smartest, cutest girl in class and like looking over my shoulder and like copying off her tests. I mean, I was thinker, right? It's like, I can ace this thing too. So, but I think it like drives you to be more focused on something, me in particular and like outdoors or like hands on. Yeah, and I and I knew I was like I've never worked for any. I mean, I did when I was a kid. I worked bail and hay, like, and and then I became addicted to this thing called money. Like, I would bail hay literally all day, every day of the summer. I didn't care how hot it was. It's like I'm getting that four dollars and seventy five cents an hour, or that five dollars an hour. And then as I get, I was like ten and eleven years old then. Mm-hmm. And people would come pick me and my buddy up and drive us around to different places to like work and make money and. I think when I, like, the last time I bailed hay, I made $6.25 an hour. But I could, like, just every bail I touched, I was just thinking money in my mind, just, like, numbers. So I, I, I really do a lot of number thinking of money, I guess, is mm-hmm. my excitement, I guess. So. so do you think that the people who are successful knew that they were going to become entrepreneurial? The dyslexic, the people who are successful dyslexics, do you think they knew, like, I'm going to have to figure out something else. I need to be an entrepreneur. I don't and know if do they knew that. Do you think that made that? them successful? I don't, I don't know if they know that. Like, it's not a subconscious thing like, hey, I'm going to suck at sitting in an office, so I need to get creative <laughs> and, like, do something different. I don't think you know that. I don't think your brain does that. I think you're just automatically wired to, like, you, you just know you want to do something greater or something different yeah. than everybody else. Like, I've always wanted to do something different than everybody else. So, it's like... In high school, I started on, well, that'd be another episode, but I started a landscaping company. And, like, all I could think about is how fast I could get out of school to go make money. Mm-hmm. And, like, just to just make as much money as I could. I don't even know why. Like, I never bought anything. Like, I just make as much money as I could so I could just, like, see it in the bank account. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to parents who find out that their child is dyslexic or they already have a child that's dyslexic and they're trying to get them to go to college or they're trying to steer them on the same path that everybody is supposed to go to, that society tells you to go down? What would you say to those parents? I would say... Or those kids, if they're listening. If you're listening and you have dyslexia. 
I mean, if you have dyslexia in your kid, I would say that the most important thing is, is I, you know, hopefully you have a household where your parents can help you to get alternate learning because the school system isn't going to teach you anything. They're just going to shove you in the corner and they're not going to, they're not going to help you. I mean, in my opinion. At least that was your perspective. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's my perspective. You're going to have to go to like private outside learning and, and go to a tutor. That's what I did. And and that's also one-on-one, so it's more effective. Like, when you're in a room full of kids and you're dyslexic, all you can think about is, you know, for me, what fun things I could do or what, you know, how I could not as steer the attention of the children in the class towards me, you know, and away from the teacher. So I would say for the parents that have kids that are dyslexic to just, I guess they need some patience and, like, they need to also be, you know, it's a huge time commitment to take your kid to a tutor somewhere else other than in the school system two to three times a week. And, you know, if you're a parent that went to college and you, you know, that's how you, that's, that's the road you went down. I mean, there's probably kids that have gone to college that are dyslexic, but everybody I know or know of, they either didn't graduate high school or they did, they went to college and they dropped out within no time flat and they went on to be successful and famous or well known. And <laughs> I'm not famous, but <laughs> successful and it's always a moving target like success for me is like you get to that one hurdle then you want to go to the next hurdle and just to see if you can do it kind of thing I guess Mm -hmm. and then now to the point where we are now my hurdles are like how can we start to like help others and like Mm -hmm. you know like help other kids start businesses that they Mm -hmm. might not know how to so yeah yeah I would, I guess I would say that. So, I guess I don't know if I even answered your question. You I just said, got on a tangent. Well, I think you did with parents just to kind of put them at ease. Like, it's okay. It's okay yeah. because there are lots of other options I in the would, world. Yeah. There are lots of other options in the world for income producing careers, businesses. We will definitely have some additional uh, topics on this. Topics on <laughs> the school systems and, you know, college and stuff like that. I, I think, Why do you think it gave you an edge? You talk about an edge. I think it gave me an edge because I can see, like, I, I can, like, remove myself from situation. Like, I can, like, look at the broader whole spectrum of it and, like, I, I can just take bits and pieces from lots of things moving at once and just form my own opinion on things. And mm-hmm. I think it gave me an edge because I get bored really easy. Like, I can work on a project now, and it's getting worse. I can tell this now. Like, <laughs> I, I can work on a project for 15 minutes and I'll be bored and be like, okay, somebody else needs to do this. Like, and just walk away from the task and put somebody else on it. Where before I could like, when I landscaped, it was just me landscaping all the time. Like but if I tried to, la- oh, I loved it. But if I tried to landscape now for a whole day, I, I don't even know if I could handle it anymore. I like to be like doing too many things at once or a lot of things at once. So, mm-hmm. but I think for, for parents that have kids in that situation, I think that the best thing that you can do is help them find alternate sources of help. There's tutors. There's probably oodles of websites out there dyslexia related now to people you can get them in touch with or help your kids get in touch with. And And I'm just going to put my little plug in. When I first met Noah and found out he was dyslexic, I had come from the education system, reading. I was a teacher. I had my master's degree in education. And when I met him, he was like, I hate school. I had a bad experience with teachers. And I was like, whoa, I don't know if we're going to be able to hang out because like I was all about teaching and all about education, all about learning. And I was, you know, just in this. I remember this one time when I told you that I got on a tangent one time about the education system and you're like, okay, when we go back to my, uh, my dad's this weekend, (laughs) please don't say anything like that because 
my dad was a teacher for his whole life. My aunt was a teacher for her whole life. All these people are teachers. And I was like, I really don't care what they were. I'm, I will try to bite my tongue, but I cannot guarantee you anything. Yeah. I did a pretty good job, I but guess. But I think it's because it's a different mindset. Like the mindset I grew up with was go to jo- go to school so you can get a job to work for someone else. Noah had a completely different mindset where he's like, I don't want to work for anybody else. I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to be my own entrepreneur. Right. I'm going to be just work for myself. And I think that you knew that you wanted to do something different. You wanted to create your own thing. Right. And it's just a totally different mentality. Whereas like in my growing up, it was riskier to have a business and it was more stable and safe and secure to have a job to work for somebody else. And your mindset was, it is not safe to be an employee. It is riskier to be an employee. And honestly, I now believe that. I believe yep. that now as being an entrepreneur for the last however many years, being a, a decade into business, I now believe it is riskier to be an employee as well. So, I mean, there's, so I think many, there is an edge that you have. Oh, there's so many, if you <laughs> think, it's forced you to be creative. And there's so many ways to make money that, that, like it's just unfathomable. There's so many ways to make money that it's not even. There's no way that any one person can tap into every way to make money in their lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then it goes to like after you get past the like, well, I'm not there yet. But like then to how to create more wealth and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that to better you know people, humanity all together. So can you speak to how it may have felt for your mom when she found out that she that you were dyslexic and, and maybe like for me, if I had found out that our child was dyslexic, I would be like, <gasps> okay, what do we have to do here? Like, how I do you think say, it felt for your, for your mom or yeah. dad? Hmm. Trying to put myself in their shoes. So I, I suppose maybe they were worried for they your future. Were, they were probably worried about my future because they weren't like entrepreneurial. They, they worked jobs. I guess they were like, they like thinking outside the box as far as like doing their own handyman stuff and stuff like that. My dad is super knowledgeable and all that, but I suppose there was like some sort of a fear factor like, oh my God, is this kid going to amount to anything or is he going to be kind of like, maybe there was something like that. But I can remember being very young and like already like taking things apart and building things and stuff like that. But I would say if you have kids that are, you know, if you're a parent and like your son or daughter is like struggling and reading and you you guess you you find out that they're dyslexic through, I took a lot of like tests in school or, or out of school and that's how they determined I was dyslexic I guess I don't really remember that that well but I would say to just look to get them the help that they need to learn how to read or to how to better them for Mm -hmm. the real world I guess I would say and be more accepting if they go down a different path than all the other kids um, and you were going to tell a story. I can remember this one time. This? Oh, yeah. So I can remember this one time when I was, I started landscaping and it was like a junior or senior and a lot of kids. Yeah. And I, and a lot of kids were like getting in at summer help at the plant. The General Motors plant was in Janesville at that time, you know, so like a slam dunk sure. And I could have went to work at General Motors and I could have went to work for the highway department. So I remember one time my mom was like, well, you're, you know, and then she didn't mean this like in a bad way at all. Cause she was super supportive of whatever I wanted to do, which is kind of odd to think back. Like she just like, whatever you want to do, you just go ahead and do it. Like never steered me towards school. Maybe she knew I wasn't going to go to school or something, but she's like, well, if you want, you could go get a summer job at the, at, at general motors. And then they probably could hire you full time when you graduate. And I was like, oh yeah, well, that's something to think about. Or you could probably do 
you could get an internship at the highway department because I had lots of uncles that worked at both locations, aunts and uncles. And I was like, yeah, yeah, these kids are working at the plant and they're making like 18 bucks an hour. And back then that was serious money. It still is good money. And I was like, I don't know that I can be inside of a building. <laughs> like that building is a million square feet. I don't know if I could be inside of there. Like I love taking tours of the General Motors plant as a kid, but I don't know. I, like the money didn't even resonate with me. Like that I would have to be stuck in a building. That was that. And then the highway department, I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. But I'd be doing the same thing every day. And I don't know if I could do that either. I was like, I think I'll just keep trying to do what I'm doing. And that they were like super supportive. Like, oh, okay, sounds good. Well, if the time comes and you want to do that, you know, you just call so-and-so or call so-and-so. And okay, sounds good. And then fast forward a few more years, the General Motor plant closes. Like 10,000 people lose their jobs. And I was like, whew, thank God I didn't do that. And uh, by then I was, I was getting way busier. Like it was, I was doing very well landscaping and I was, there was like no looking back then. I was like, why would I go to work for somebody now? Like it was, you were already making three times that. I was already making three times that. It was like, this is, I'm outside. I was doing what I loved. I loved interacting with the customers, um, like hearing their stories, like how they got to where they are. That's, that to this day is still my favorite part. Like meeting somebody new that is successful or like retired and asking them like, what did you do for a living? What did you do? You know, that part I love about, I love, I love Mm -hmm. that. Like learning what people did, even if they worked a job, like, Oh, I worked at this place for 40 years. Wow. Cool. Tell me all about it. You know? And I I love learning about that. Like just makes your wheels spin with people. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say for people whose kids are dyslexic that they, you know, you just uh, kind of help them learn as much as they can and know that if they don't want to go to college, don't force them to go to college, even if you went to college, that there's a pretty darn good chance that they're going to be super successful in whatever they decide to do. And it might be like down a way different path and you're going to be like, whoa, I don't know, you know, my kid's going to go do this. Like, <laughs> don't be embarrassed of what your kid's going to do, you know. And my parents never were. They were just like, oh, okay, you can landscape, sounds good. and um. They were supportive no matter what. So that's what I would do. I guess I would say my advice would be. Those of you, if you've tuned in and you may have dyslexia or you have a child that has dyslexia, we really hope that that puts your fears at ease, knowing there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of successful people out in the world that have come from dyslexia backgrounds and Noah sees it as an advantage. So... I think it is an advantage. And I think most people who have dyslexia see it as an advantage. I think so, yeah. So, with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in tuning into more episodes on investing, wealth creation, financial freedom, we talk on all those topics on the Building Dreams podcast. Tune in on anywhere you get your podcasts and on our YouTube channel. Thank you. Thank you.